Hey there, do you like movies, cartoons, video games, anime, and everything in between? Then we have a show for you. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Every week, Josh and Ben bring you all the latest and greatest in movie reviews, news, commentaries, interviews, special guests, and tons of bonus episodes. New episodes come out every Monday. We also make great nerdy content on our YouTube channel. You can find our show anywhere podcasts are found. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Your one stop for all your nerdy needs. Stay nerdy, my friends. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host and fellow word nerd, Mike Butler. This week's episode features a word often included in the lists of the longest words in English, anti-disestablishmentarianism. You often see it on lists alongside words like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which is in the Oxford Dictionary, popularized by the 1964 film Mary Poppins, and Nomono, oh boy, Nomono Ultra Microscopic Silicovolcanoconiosis, a lung disease caused by inhaling very fine ash, which probably could have worked too in Mary Poppins if Disney had decided to take a, a bit darker of a turn and focus on the occupational risks of being a chimney sweep. You'll probably wind up with some foul disease. Aside from being featured on lists of longest words in English, anti-disestablishmentarianism has a real and very specific meaning. My introduction to this word came from the 1998 film SLC Punk, a movie in which some punk rockers from Salt Lake City get their hands on bottles of spray paint and tag this 12-syllable word, as well as sentences like, it's not my imagination, there's a gun in my back, onto different paintable surfaces. So for years, I assumed this word was ultra-punk rock. It kind of sounds like it, right? I mean, you have anti and punk rock is anti-everything, like these guys who either hate processed meats or surfers who show off too much. And you also have the word disestablishment in there, which sounds like it would just mean that you're against the establishment, or perhaps you want to topple the establishment. I knew you would overthrow me in the end. It's easy to lose track of syllables here, though. One is not anti-establishment, one is anti-disestablishment, and so let's start picking apart this word here. To disestablish means to deprive, typically an organization, especially a national church, of its official status, as in the Anglican Church in Wales was disestablished in 1919. Let's finish breaking down this word, and then we'll discuss the word itself. Anti is obvious, against. We already did disestablishment. Arian is a suffix that indicates that you are a person who supports something. It can also mean you are an Aries or that you are a believer in Arianism, but that's a different episode altogether. Uh, an ism, which is a suffix used to form a noun commonly related to some sort of ideological movement, principle, or system like feminism or anti-hot dogism, a.k.a. anti-surfer show-offism, etc. So altogether, we can say that anti-disestablishmentarianism means opposition to the withdrawal of state support or recognition from an established church, especially the Anglican church in 19th century England. 
In other words, you don't want to break away from the established church. There we have a definition and we have a clue as to its use within a specific period of history. According to Dictionary.com, the first record of the word comes from about 1923. It's noted that even back then it was memorable mainly because of its length. However, through the magic of engram, I have traced its use back closer to the turn of the century. Because of digitization, we can not only access printed media dating back hundreds of years, but even search for specific words within the text. I'll share with you a paragraph or two from some of these sources I found. The first is the Inland Printer, a trade journal printed in 1901. Let's see here. Quote, the longest word, the living church, May 25th, said that the word anti-disestablishmentarianism claims the first place for length in the English language. So even as far back as 1901, this word is already sort of a joke. I was hoping to find through these earliest sources its related use to disestablishment of the Anglican Church. Oh well, I, I did find from these early sources a clue to who may have coined the term, at least according to the Pittman's Journal of Commercial Education, published in the year 1902, uh, which according to my research, I believe, was a resource for writers, also known as a phonetic journal, for learning phonetic spellings and phonetic shorthand. In this journal, we get the name of a man, A. Graham Barton, who claims to have invented and used this 28-letter word. Once again, though, more in reference to the unusual length of the word than to its actual use or meaning. However, I did find this man's name attached to an article about religious liberty from the Westminster Review, a quarterly British publication that ran from 1824 to 1914. So the timeline and potential connection to the 19th century religious control in Britain syncs up for sure. So there's some digging for you as to why Dictionary.com thinks this is a legitimate word. This is a real word with a history and a meaning. Now, that is, if you believe that Dictionary.com is a credible source, which I do, Dictionary.com's main proprietary source is the Random House Unabridged Dictionary, and they state on their website that they have a team of experienced lexicographers and that they also supplement their site with the American Heritage and HarperCollins Dictionaries. Some lexicographers out there, however, have turned their nose up to this word and feel it doesn't belong in the dictionary as a word that truly has any real meaning, aside from being just a word 12-year-olds like to say out loud to impress their friends. After the break, we'll pick apart this debate a bit more and discuss just what it takes to be considered a real word after this. Some of our most trusted dictionary sources out there do not consider anti-disestablishmentarianism to be a worthy word for their pages. I can't seem to find it in the New Oxford American Dictionary, nor on the Lexico site powered by Oxford. I have been able to find it in the Oxford Dictionary of Phrase and Fable and the Oxford UK Dictionary of English only. The same dictionary that decided to add resting bitch face a few years back has something against anti-disestablishmentarianism. Uh-oh, I feel another prefix coming on. Okay. I have to say it, yes, they're anti-anti-disestablishmentarianism. 
I joke, but this confusing slew of prefix and suffix use may be part of the reason why it's not included in some dictionaries. Merriam-Webster likes to point out that this long word isn't entered in any of their dictionaries, claiming that they are the kind of lexicographers that like to enter words with meanings. All right, let's break down what Merriam-Webster say are the three criteria all words must meet in order to be entered into the dictionary. First, sustained usage. Okay. Engram lists it as being used by sources continuously since the turn of the 20th century. So we have that box checked, in my opinion. Widespread usage. Well, I I mean, if, if it can travel all the way from 19th century Britain to Reagan-era graffito tag written Salt Lake City, Utah, I'd say that's pretty widespread. Meaningful usage is the third one which Merriam-Webster defines as evidence that the word is used to refer to something. Merriam-Webster's official claim, where anti-disestablishmentarianism gets disqualified first, is the meaningful usage criterion. Go ahead. What does anti-disestablishmentarianism mean? It's an example of a long word, but that's not its meaning. A word with meaning contributes essential information to a clause or sentence. When anti-disestablishmentarianism is used as an example of a long word, it doesn't have a meaning at all. They do admit that it can have an inferred meaning based on its individual components that we discussed earlier. We know it has something to do with, uh, with disestablishment, with these prefixes and suffixes tagged on to expand the meaning. They also admit that in their research going back over 100 years, they had found three citations for anti-disestablishmentarianism being used in reference to opposition to depriving a legally established state church of its status. They emphasized in bold letters, however, that three citations do not constitute sustained or widespread use. Try telling this to people like Michael and Mary Findlay, the authors of Anti-Disestablishmentarianism, colon, Disestablishing America's Established Religion a book that's definitely about religion and not about silly words. Or to the writers of a religionnews.com article entitled Anti-Disestablishmentarianism Isn't in the Dictionary, Let's Change That! Exclamation mark. The latter source I mentioned also gives us more clues to its origins as a word, stating that, according to lexicographers, this was originally a term used in a dispute over churches in Northern Ireland in the early 1800s. The Anglican Church, quote, The Anglican Church began to close or disestablish churches in Northern Ireland. A group of Oxford professors opposed this and became a small movement known as anti-disestablishmentarianism. A movement-ism that opposed anti-the disestablishment of churches. Arian, unquote. This was not the first source of information I saw that referenced this small movement of professors at Oxford. Hmm. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but maybe there's something Oxford is trying to hide about this small movement of the 19th century. And is perhaps why they entered the cabal 
of anti-anti-disestablishmentarianism in an effort to intentionally trivialize the meaning of this word and therefore shift focus away from its true meaning. Mm-hmm. Oxford keeps a good poker face, though, or resting bitch face, whichever you prefer. The Religion News Service article I mentioned Written by Tobin Grant, a political science professor at Southern Illinois University, goes on to say that the term today might mean a movement in favor of the government establishing a religion due to its use of a double negative. It could just mean being in favor of the establishment, quote unquote. Very punk rock indeed. Grant goes on to give some hypothetical examples of moderate anti-disestablishmentarianism and extreme anti-disestablishmentarianism in an effort to usher in a pro-anti-disestablishmentarianism lexicographic movement. Looking at this amount of effort given, you'd think we finally meet Merriam-Webster's criteria for sustained usage and widespread usage. What are your thoughts? Have you ever heard this word being used outside of the context of just talking about long words? Perhaps you would if you were on the campus of Southern Illinois University, at the very least. Write into the podcast, let's start a discussion. Get the word podcast at gmail.com. That sound means it's time to open up the fact cabinet. I believe we have some items in here related to our topic today. Let's see. My old chemistry textbook from college. You know, I always thought it was weird that they made us memorize the correct sequence of 189,819 letters for the chemical formula of the protein Titan, which is typically considered to be truly the longest word if you can count this as a word. Let's see if it's still up there in my memory banks. M-E-T-H-I-O... Two hours later. E-U-C-I-N-E. Ah, there. I'm feeling kind of dizzy now. What were we doing? Right, fact cabinet. Okay, just one more thing here. And I'm amazed I haven't mentioned this yet, but I recently got my hands on some original copies of the literary papers of Soapy Sam. No, not Soapy Sam, the chain of car washes in Indiana. Shout out to Soapy Sam. The soapiest suds east of the Mississippi. Uh, They also do detailing and power washing. Sponsor the show, Soapy Sam, for a guaranteed shout out every week. No, I... Instead, I'm talking about the 19th century Church of England Bishop Samuel Soapy Sam Wilberforce. I believe Soapy Sam, an avowed abolitionist, also fits the criteria for being a proponent of anti-disestablishmentarianism, as he argued that the COE, Church of England, should not be removed as the official church of Ireland, Wales, and England. Anyway, uh, Soapy Sam is probably better well known for devising a riddle that, according to the internet, which is never wrong, has never been solved. I know how sharp my listeners are, so I'll go ahead and read you all the riddle. Once you figure it out, leave me a message on social media or the website or record a message, etc. Here it is. I'm the sweetest of sounds in orchestra heard, yet in orchestra never was seen. I'm a bird of gay plumage, yet less like a bird, nothing ever in nature was seen. 
touch the earth I expire, in water I die, in air I lose breath, yet can swim and fly. Darkness destroys me, light is my death, and I only keep going by holding my breath. If my name can't be guessed by a boy or a man, by a woman or girl, it certainly can. Can. <laughs> well, there you have it, my listeners, and an advantage to those who out there are women and girls, apparently. Can you be the one to finally solve Soapy Sam's riddle? I'd like to close with my thoughts, which come from my experience as a language teacher teaching English to non-native speakers. English is always changing, which is why we call it a living language. Of course, it's shaped by the people who use it, including the millions who are learning it as their second language or third or fourth. That's why the direction of a language will always be in the hands of the masses, despite efforts historically by dictionaries to try to shape perceptions of people and culture, what is considered highbrow, lowbrow, of the high class, lower class, what is considered civilized, uncivilized. We see entries in Oxford of terms like the misogynistic resting bitch face, implying that a woman in repose must be a bitch if she is not maintaining a smile on her face. But we don't see entries, however, for terms like, for example, compersion. The widely used term adopted by poly and non-monogamous communities to describe a feeling that is much like the opposite of jealousy, feeling love for your partner as they enjoy someone else. A concept that is perhaps too foreign for the handful of lexicographers who decide which words will be relevant to English-speaking nations. Who knows? Again, write in with your thoughts. When teaching people modern English, I'm more prone to turn to UrbanDictionary.com rather than Oxford or Merriam-Webster. If I'm truly trying to show my student how a word is being used by the culture— so let's end there with a few entries of anti-disestablishmentarianism from the user-submitted entries at UrbanDictionary.com. Top definition from Poopy Poo. <laughs> uh, November 8th, uh, 2004. Probably the longest meaningful word in English signifies the movement against the separation of church and state. Uh, fundamentalist Christians are anti disestablishmentarianists uh, a couple more here from Eminem fan 040304 another word for Eminem's uh, no no let's let's skip that one I don't someone someone write into the podcast and explain to me what the second definition on urban dictionary of anti-disestablishmentarianism is in reference to I'm not reading that out loud. This is a family podcast. Number three, opposition to the this to the disestablishment of a state religion, i.e. favoring the continued state support of a particular creed, especially in regard to debates concerning Church of England in the 19th century. Definitely sounds to me like a real valid word with a valid meaning. Thank you for listening, everyone. Write into the podcast, getthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Give us your word suggestions, and I'll take them into consideration for the podcast. Please rate and review this podcast anywhere that you can. It's super helpful. Podcast artwork by Bruno Sanchez. 
You can find a link to his work in the show notes. Music performed by the Monroeville Music Center. Production editing and research performed by me, Mike Butler. Write into the podcast and give us your comments. That email again is gettheword_podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Mike signing off. Welcome to the English Sessions. I am your host and English teacher, Mike Butler. This podcast is for English learners who want to learn English from an experienced educator. I share my passion about language and many awesome topics throughout this podcast. We focus on grammar, pronunciation, structure, and try to have some fun too. There is something for everyone on the English Sessions podcast. Are you a more advanced English learner or a native English speaker? Then you'll enjoy our series called Get the Word. This series is about etymology, the history and origin of words in English. For example, did you know that the word zombie was originally the name of a West African snake god? Join us if you want to improve your English skills. Join us if you are a grammar and etymology nerd like myself. For an archive of resources and much more, go to EnglishSessionsWithMike.com. The English Sessions with Mike Butler, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.